1: Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
2: And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're going to be giving you the buzz about the brain and the bees. (laughs) And my guest is Terry Winchester. He is actually the Dr. Doolittle of bees. He talks to bees. And the reason why um, I wanted to talk about this today is because um this really isn't, as usual, I love to bring to you things that aren't getting much play in the mainstream media or, or at least give you things um, from a different perspective that aren't in the mainstream media. But what isn't in the mainstream media is just how um, dangerous, uh, dangerously uh, low the bee population has become. In fact, um, recently, bees have been going missing, not only in the United States, but uh, the East Coast in in the U.S. is reporting a 70% loss in commercial beehive habitation, the West Coast 60%, and bees are also missing from hives around Europe. Now, you may be thinking, that's great, I don't have to worry about getting stung this summer. But um, although it's somewhat controversial... It has been said that Albert Einstein once said a quote similar to, If the bee disappears from the surface of the earth, man would have no more than four years to live. No more bees, no more pollination, no more men. And my guest, who is not only a um, professional hypnotherapist in South Africa, but he is also a beekeeper. And um, he tells us, he's about to tell us, <laughs> uh, just how cl- important it is and just how parallel communicating with bees and people uh, is and how some of the problems um, of, of how bees and people react to stress or chaos in the world, uh, currently being called colony collapse disorder, Um how similar they are to each other, and then trying to glean from that what can be done to uh, <laughs> to help save the bee population and then us. So welcome to the show, Terry Winchester. Hello, Carol. Um, tell us about, um, well, first of all, it's kind of an unusual uh, uh, profession to be both a talker to bees um and a talker to people, a hypnotherapist with people. How did you get involved? I mean, the hypnotherapist is pretty reasonable, but how did you get involved in, in being a beekeeper?
3: Well, um, Carol, you know, all my life, for the last 35 years anyway, I've been interested in the mind and what makes things work and, you know, the deeper meaning of nature and, and things like that. And we were on a communal farm, that we had in South Africa, a whole bunch of people got together and said, "You know, let's live, you know, in a in a healthy lifestyle and community type situation." So that everyone sold their houses and we moved on to this farm. Huh. And there were there were bees on the property, and uh, I was I'm always fascinated with everything to do with nature, and I went up to the this wild beehive in a in a log lying in the forest, and it was just. It was just amazing just to see that, that life force. And, you know, I was a bit wary at first and I thought, well, you know, these things can kill, especially in, in South Africa. The, the bees are very aggressive. But, you know, just in fascination, I got closer and closer and, and I just got so amazed at their whole life and watching them how they work. And then I started to, to remove them and rehive them. And I just taught myself how to do it, and I hmm. found that if you just approach a beehive with, with love and respect, they're not going to attack you. You can actually dismantle the whole hive and reestablish it in the proper box um, without them, you know, getting aggressive. And that amazed me, and it was a wonderful experience.
2: Hmm. Did you wear any protective clothing? or
3: No, no, I didn't, although those bees are very aggressive and most beekeepers will have their protective clothing you know, I didn't have any. I just, in my ignorance, I just um, approached them in that way. I did. I found that the bees won't really just attack. What they'll do if you get cl- too close, they'll buzz around, sort of looking at you, warning you that okay, their hive is here, so you better not get too close. And if you get closer, then they'll bump into you as a second warning. Hmm. And if you don't heed the second warning, then you've got to run like crazy because you'll have a whole swarm <clears throat> after you. And I had a couple of experiences of that before I really tuned in and could, you know, just respect them and work with them.
2: Well, now, why did you want to rehive them? Do you mean you wanted to create more
3: hives or? Yes, well, these are in wild situations, you know, holes in the ground and hollow trees. And that's their natural place to hive. But, you know, you can't really harvest the honey or work with them. And a funny thing happens when you so-called domesticate a swarm of bees. They really enjoy that. It's like, you know, you can get a cat or a dog that can live in the wild, but if you take that dog or cat in and domesticate it and give it love, it's going to be far happier serving its master than it would in the wild. And bees are like that too. They're really happy to serve their keeper, and they really get, almost get attached, you know. They get attached to the keeper, and the keeper gets attached to them. Hmm.
2: And um, so is that what you were doing, harvesting their honey?
3: Yes. You know, usually they say you rob a hive, but I don't like that word. You don't really rob it. they'll actually willingly um, yield, you know, say 90% of the honey. You You can take that off. But now, unfortunately, you know, in developed countries and with man being greedy as he is, he'll take all the honey because he can sell that and he'll give the bee sugar water. Now just as sugar is a killer for man you know it also um, weakens the the bees immune system mm. and then the bees start to die off and get different diseases because man's exploited them and hasn't left them their own honey which they live off
2: hmm. So is that one of the reasons then i guess that um that the uh, bee population is dying off
3: No that's another factor that's come to play um, recently, Carol, because what's actually happening now? Those, as you mentioned, those bees are literally disappearing. It's not like they're coming back to the hive and and dying off because they've been poisoned mm. by pesticides. You can't see any trace of a of a dead bee or a sick bee. They just don't return. So I did some research on this, and what what we've realised is all of these cell phone um, communications, the radiation. Electromagnetic radiation that comes out of a cell phone and the cell phone mast—you know—which is now they're all over the country, especially in built-up areas like in the United States—this is affecting the bees' navigational system. So they go out to forage, they get their, their store of nectar, and on their on their way they way back, they can't find their way because they get disorientated. Huh? Because then I thought, well. If it's affecting bees, what about homing pigeons? You know, racing pigeons, they use the same sort of navigation.
2: Yes. Well, well, hold that thought, <laughs> and we'll find our way, navigate our way back to, to it. Um right after the break we're talking today with Terry Winchester he is the author of only your thoughts can upset you learn holistic self-hypnosis and before uh, today's show is over you'll understand what that has to do with bees so stay tuned you're listening to dr. Carol's couch and I'm your psychiatrist host dr. Carol Lieberman
5: Show with Carrie Douglas broadcast each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and is brought to you by Gospel Truth Magazine and Worldwide Music Incorporated on the Voice America Channel. The Carrie Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas, your premier source for faith-based entertainment, news, events, and trends.
1: Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Check out her book Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today. So contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com. Radio
4: by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals tune in every Monday afternoon at 1pm PST 4pm EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST right here on the Voice America channel.
5: VoiceAmerica.com
6: Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman.
2: And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking to you today about the buzz, about the brain, and the bees with my guest, Terry Winchester, who is... Um, the author of Only Your Thoughts Can Upset You, Learn Holistic self hypnosis, and a beekeeper, just like Dr. Doolittle, who talks to the bees. We were just talking about um, why the bees are disappearing, and you were talking about their loss of navigation because of cell phone interference, um, and you were just starting to talk about how that's affecting other species as well.
3: Yes, if it's affecting the bees, it must affect other um migrating creatures and things like uh, racing pigeons. And, uh, you know, you can do research on the Internet and you'll see that pigeon fanciers, I used to keep pigeons myself, um, they're losing up to 75% of the birds in a race. You know, they let go, say, 2,000 mm. pigeons and it all race home, but only 25% are finding their way back. The others are just getting lost in in the wilderness, because they can't navigate.
2: Wow. And, of course, you know, you don't really hear about this in the media, and I guess the reason is because of uh, of the cell phone lobby. I mean, people don't want to, what's the answer to that, to stop having cell phones, and I guess that's, you know, there's so too much money. <laughs> what? No, that,
3: won't, that won't happen. Right. And, you know, they're not going to stop that. And But then what effect are these cell phones having upon our own bodies exactly. and our own magnetic system and our own brain? And we know that. There's that danger, but, you know, we overlook that because this is modern science and we we can't live without it these days. Yes. The the toll that it's taking will come through 10, 20 years from now.
2: Yes, and, in fact, there was just a study out yesterday, I think, about another scientist who uh, seems to think there is a connection. I mean, it's just like cigarettes, where uh, for years the cigarette lobby tried to say, no, there's no connection between cigarettes and cancer, and then, of course, eventually too much research came out to try to say that anymore, although I guess they are still in their lawsuits. But, um, but it's the same thing with cell phones, where they don't want to admit that uh, cell phones can cause brain tumors.
3: Yes, and we should read the signs, you know, if it's affecting birds like this. Also, the migrating birds, you know, in, in South Africa we have swallows that go from, um, from, they come from Europe and come to South Africa for the summer and then they go back again. And where you'd normally have a, a family of swallows that build under your eaves every single year, they're just not there anymore. So they, they're getting lost too, and there's, mm. there's, you know, no official count for that because no one monitors it but if it's affecting the whole of nature like that it's obviously affecting mankind.
2: Yes. Now, um have they have you were talking about how um it's not like the bees are getting sick. I mean, I, other things, you know, would as you were mentioning, would be insecticides or or things like that, um or what you were talking about with the sugar water. Uh, because of greedy people wanting to make money from honey. But you were saying that that it's not that the bees are found dead or sick on the bottom of their hive or on the ground. It's that they're nowhere to be found. But are they being found dead, um, oh, in forests or just all over the place?
3: Well, you see, you wouldn't notice them. They're small little creatures, so, you know, you're not going to notice one line. In the forest, and, and the ants will carry it away very quickly. So that sort of thing mm. you won't. Yeah, mm, that?
2: That's but true. Yeah.
3: Definitely, with the pigeons that are those birds are worth thousands of dollars, and uh, the owners go and look for them, and they just can't find them.
2: Why? So, what do you think about this um, quote from Einstein? I mean, what's kind of interesting um, about that? And 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 uh, um, is that you know there's this whole theory about 2012 anyway from um that that's when the Mayan calendar says that the it doesn't go on beyond that or you know there are various other things that seem to come together and make 2012 a uh, <laughs> um an inauspicious year and and this is 2008 so in fact if the bumble, if the bees were gone now that would make 4 years what do you think about that
3: Well, the signs are all there, and we've got to just be aware of that. Um, Why does the Mayan calendar just end at 2012? Um, But whatever angle you look at it from, I mean, just look at global warming and the the melting ice caps, um, all that points to the fact that in a few years' time, life as we know it just won't exist. So, you know, we need to wake up and we need to be asking ourselves questions You know, like what is the meaning of life and what would happen? Let's just assume that that might happen. What do we do? Where do we go? Um, What is the the greater meaning? What is the meaning of life? And so these things, um, it's good that we we get this wake-up call or are we going to get the wake-up call Uh, because there's so much more to life that we need to start to look for. And, you know, that's what I started to do 30 years ago when I was a kid because I, I saw that, you know, just working in society and struggling for 40 years to get to the top of your field and then when you get there, you, by then you're an alcoholic and you're divorced mm-hmm. and you're unhappy. I mean, why waste those 40 years? And that's why I made the shift and started to investigate the power of the mind and find out where the secret lies and how we can be happy, and how we can enjoy, you know, life.
2: Well, now, were you a hypnotherapist before you moved to this commune and started discovering the bees, or vice versa?
3: Yes, I was a hypnotherapist first, and I did um, realize the power of the mind, and to get that farm that we moved on to, I actually visualized it. I pictured it, and then one thing led to another, and I talk to people, and you meet the right people at the right time when, you, you know, when you're in sync. And uh, we all got together and, and bought that property. And I, I've used those principles ever since, that if you visualize something, you have created your future. And the universe has to give you what you visualize because you've repatterned the universe. You've repatterned the energy, and that comes into manifestation, but then also, the same goes for our negativity and our disorders and our problems. We have manifested them by negative thoughts, by fearful thoughts, by getting angry. You know, we create our own reality. And we can't go and blame the government for our lot. or We can't blame that person that's upsetting us. Only our thoughts can upset us. And, you know, that's, that's what I've discovered in, in working with the people I work with, and helping them just to relax and identify that negative thought, that anger, that fear, and just turn that around, choose to see it differently, suddenly they release themselves from their own self-created you know, dilemma and, and problem. They change their mind. And that can all be done with the click of your fingers once you've learned the simple uh, tools to do that.
2: Well, now, how did you go from talking to the bees to um, I mean I mean you, you said you were a hypnotherapist first, but how did you um, how did the bees help you to develop this um, some of your theories about reframing the mind?
3: Well, I, I, I looked at you know the the bee society. They've actually got a perfect society because if you look at it, I mean there the females do all the work and the males just hang around to procreate.
2: <laughs> of course, <laughs> yes, that would seem perfect to a male. <laughs> And in fact we're very close to it in our society today. <laughs> exactly.
3: Yeah. No, no, no well okay, it wasn't that point <laughs> exactly. But they've got a perfect society. They all work together. You know, the the one helps the other. They don't work as a bunch of individuals and have um, you know, egos and fight each other. They they will work together. And they have a very successful community. Uh, they're very powerful. They 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 live forever, if you like, in the way that they keep procreating themselves as they as they go along. You know, they just um, keep on propagating, and they can make a, make a new queen if they have to. And so it's it's a it's a perfect society. So I looked at this and I thought, gee, these, you know, this is the way to work, like in a communal situation where everyone works together for a common good. And that's why we lived in communities and things in those days, because um, it's, it's so sensible. It's the way to do it, instead of all fighting against each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in the Western civilization, you know, everyone lives in their little box, and everyone's got to have their own TV and their own fridge and their own stove. If you have, like, a communal setup. You know, you only need one TV. You only need one motor car between a few families, and it's just a, a better way of doing it. And you can be more productive, and you don't have to work so hard. You work four hours a day, and the rest of the time you use to enjoy your life.
2: Hmm. Yes, that's uh, and, and is that how you worked with the how it worked out with the um, uh, communal living arrangement that you had in South Africa
3: yes and that's and we had the bees there producing the honey and then we we grew organic vegetables and you know working with nature this man man in his ignorance and his greed you know he'll go and cut down a, a forest and plant a whole field of cabbages and and you know the, that soil can't maintain that um, alien plant and then so then you get pesticides uh, Sorry, you get Um, insects coming to break down those plants because they shouldn't be there because the soil can't cope with that. Then man puts pesticide down and kills those pests and plus killing all the earthworms and just creates a complete mess.
2: Okay, we do need to take another break. This is really fascinating. When we come back, we'll be back with uh, the buzz about the brain and the bees. My guest is Terry Winchester. He's uh, his book, is only your thoughts can upset you, and we'll be talking more about um, how you go from colony collapse disorder to, uh, I don't know, maybe that's post-traumatic stress disorder. I will be asking Mr. Winchester when we come back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
0: Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com.
6: Everything you want, everything you want to do, and everything you want to have is right at your fingertips. People think that accomplishing your goals has to be difficult. Guess what? It doesn't. All you need are the right tools and a map. And that is what author, professional speaker, and now talk radio host Charmin Lane is offering you. Join Charmin Wednesday afternoons at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel for success made simple. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman.
2: And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking today with you about the buzz, about the brain and the bees. My guest is Terry Winchester. He's the author of Only Your Thoughts Can Upset You, Learn Holistic Helpnosis, And he's a beekeeper. He's a Dr. Doolittle. He talks to the bees, and um, that has given him some insights that he then was able to use with people. Um, There is a phenomenon called, a new phenomenon called colony, or at least it's uh, newly become an epidemic, colony collapse disorder, where uh, the bees are disappearing, and uh, they're disappearing in 24 states around the United States, over the past year or so, and uh, the media has not really been talking about this, and we're kind of trying to alert you to it because of Einstein's theory that, not about relativity, but about how uh, if the bees go, we go. And I guess, Terry, that has a lot to do with um, pollination. Is it only about pollination, or was there something more um, ephemeral about that?
3: Well, we, we look at the Pollination factor, you know, because we we understand that, but there are other levels that we don't really understand, you know the synchronicity of all things, um, the the harmony between all things and nature. Everything is a, plays an essential part, which we don't really see just through our left brain looking with our eyes. you know we, we are all interconnected. We know that every, every insect, every creature plays a part in the balance of nature. And it's when we lose that balance, and that comes through man's greed and exploitation, now you get a disorder. Now you get a disease, which then cre- you know manifests with the immune system going down, whether it's with the bees or humans, when your immune system's down, then you know certain viruses um, take over, and there's just that imbalance, and the disorder is the, the key word there. Because man's greed, if we lived in a natural, harmonious way with one another and with nature, there would be order, there would be health, there would be abundance. Look how abundant nature is. But because man wants to grab everything for himself, and you get speculators that will buy all the valuable property, you know, and not let anyone else go there, you can't really own a piece of earth. But, you know, in our so-called modern society... You can do such things, and the bees would never tolerate that sort of thing. Um, nature would never tolerate that sort of thing, and that's why man is in the has the problems he has today because of this exploitation.
2: Well, do you would you do you think that there's a fair comparison between colony collapse disorder and post traumatic stress disorder?
3: Yes, because that's it's an interesting name, colony collapse and the word disorder, because, you know, the colony, the society, the structure of society has, has collapsed because of, you know, man's interference with nature and that's with the cell phones, which it really looks like that is the reason. Um, you know, we're not supposed to be talking to each other on cell phones all over the place. You know, we, 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 we need to communicate But when you communicate, you need to, you know, address the person. And in the old days, when you jump on your horse and ride for two days to talk to your neighbor, Mm. you know, it was a whole event and it was a perfect communication. And everything is so artificial now. everything's so out of sync with the natural order of things. And that's why man has all these disorders. That's why man is in big trouble. And we should learn by what we see from the bees at the moment and the whole of nature so-called collapsing, global warming, the ozone layer, deteriorating, because we are on a path to destruction completely.
2: And um, how do you apply this um, to... Well, before we go there, you know, um, I guess there was the... Talking about nature being out of whack um, in approximately 1990 as i 'm sure you know was um, when the experiment went awry in Mexico where they were trying to cross European bees with African bees, Africanized honeybees, and somehow got killer bees in Mexico that started coming up to the United States. There was media about that at the time um, warning us about it, and then of course, swarms really it really didn 't uh, become the the pervasive pattern everywhere that they kind of said that it would, but but what do you have to say about that um, uh, change well, in nature or, or imbalance in nature?
3: Yes, well, there's man again exploiting nature, taking the African queen bee because you know they're very good producers there. So you know they took that queen over to Mexico. The queens escaped and interbred. With the local bee. Now, as soon as you have that sort of thing, you get a hybrid. You get an artificial situation, and what happened with those killer bees? They they weren't. They weren't. They didn't have more powerful venom or anything like that. It was because they were hybrid and not indigenous that they were more nervous. You know, more jumpy. So, if you just walk underneath one of those hives, uh, the bees would attack you because they're not settled, because, you know, it's an artificial situation, it's uh, an indigenous bee breeding, cross-breeding with a foreign bee, the queen bee from Africa, and that created that imbalance. Now, what's actually happened there, it did look quite frightening uh, for a while as these bees just spread into, you know, the United States, but what's happened, and this is what does happen with nature, thankfully, um, they have adapted, you know, they've settled down a bit. They've come, become more indigenous. They've adapted to the local environment, so they're, they're becoming more uh, stable in them, you know, not so nervous anymore. And that's what uh, nature does do, thankfully. It, it does resurrect itself or gravitate back to a harmonious state. And that's what man should learn to do now. We've got to stop our nonsense of living this complete artificial life And we will gravitate back into order again, and we'll get rid of our disorders that we all suffer from.
2: And so, um, how so that's an example of um, some of the parallels that you can draw from learning from the bees to um, what humans can learn. Were there other, I'm sure there were other things as well that uh, as you talked to the bees more, that you learned um, to formulate theories about people?
3: Yes, it was just, you know, just, just that general respect, that general concern, because when you, it's so amazing just dealing with a beehive because there's so much, it's so vibrant and it's so alive. And it's, when I first opened a beehive and saw this golden city, and it was just appealing. And that's their, their natural state. Now, every one of us as human beings, we, we we are these incredible um creatures. We have this unlimited potential. We have you know, we have so much. If we can just get back in tune and you know and just feel that, that harmony again. And then you look at the products of the bees, the honey, the propolis, the pollen, the different products that they produce, they miraculous in themselves. You know, honey honey as a sweetener, honey is a healer. Whereas and they Whereas you get sugar, which is a killer because it's artificially processed. But if you take the natural form of honey, you know, it's going to fortify your immune system. It's going to really support you instead of using all these synthetic processed uh, foods that we eat. think we're clever and we can do things cheaper and quicker and uh, in mass production. And that's creating all the problems we have because there's not that natural balance That we do find in in nature. And that's what amazed me too with the bees, how healthy they are. They never really get sick. In Africa, the bees don't get sick because we don't exploit them. Hmm. The the other factor where there's exploitation is they migrate the bees or they, they put them in an orchard to pollinate the peaches, say. And so the bees work like crazy, you know, doing their work and doing the pollination. But then once that season is over, they move the bees to another state or another area where something else is coming into flower, and that means the bees have got to work all over again. Mm. They need their rest period. Mm. They need their dormant season. It's like what they do to uh, laborers. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, of course, there's going to be a disorder and a breakdown of, of everything if we exploit everything like that.
2: Well now, okay, what about people who are thinking, uh, listening to the show, well that's all very nice, but what difference does it make if the bees disappear?
3: Well, you know, as Einstein says, we will disappear because there will be no pollination and it means that it's not only the pollination, it's every other creature, you know, the bee eaters, the birds that eat the bees um, won't be able to um, survive and we won't have honey and honey... Is a healer, as I say. And, you know, the elderly people I've noticed, you know, when I sell honey, the elderly people are very sensitive towards that. They want their honey, and they want raw honey, Mm. unprocessed, unheated, unfiltered honey, because they instinctively, even if they haven't done any research, they know if they take that raw honey, they're going to feel good. They're going to feel healthy. And, you know, you don't have to convince them. They naturally gravitate towards what is good. And so, you know, we we're losing all of that if we lose the bees.
2: That's interesting because I, I think, um, you know, there isn't that much, uh, other than it being in foods, processed foods, um, there really isn't as much of a tendency, I don't think, um, to eat honey in America. I mean, you know, you put it over, you could put it over fruit or you put it in tea, but I, I don't think there's, I, I somehow think that that's being lost um you know our parents I, I can remember um parents or grandparents um thinking more about using tea that that's just something you always have in the house but somehow i think that's being lost i guess it is being lost to to sugar
3: yes and all the artificial processed fast foods and that's how we live in and we 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 pay the price yes well
2: we do need to take another break. This is flying by. You see, we're talking about bees, and it's flying by. Okay. <laughs> we're talking about bees, the buzz about the brain and the bees. My guest is Terry Winchester, fascinating man, and he is the author of Only Your Thoughts Can Upset You. We'll be right back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
5: Welcome back to
6: Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman.
2: Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. I bet you you didn't know that bees (laughs) were so fascinating. I was uh, reading something about bees before the show, and uh, doing a little research, and found all kinds of interesting folklore um, about bees. How, for example, especially in England, um, bees there's folklore that bees have to be treated like family. They have to, or else they're going to stop producing honey. So you can't quarrel next to them. Um, if there's a family event, uh, from a birth to a marriage to a death, families would put um cake like wedding cake and wine in in the beehives they would adorn the beehives for example if there was a funeral they would put black on the beehives they really um treated the beehives the bees like family if uh if the beekeeper died um they would make 3 taps on the hive with a key and they would tell the bees that their master died and now they work for somebody else and uh i mean all these different It would would be considered good luck if a single bee uh, comes into your house. If you open the door and a bee flies in, it brings good luck, especially money. Um, It's bad luck if you see a swarm of bees settling on a dead branch I mean, this is according to folklore. I don't know how scientific it is, um, and that would mean death to the, the own, someone in the owner's family, someone who owns that property, um, or death to the person watching. So, if you see a swarm heading towards a dead branch, don't look. <laughs> have you, have, Terry? Have you heard about any of these? Um, yes, I know. Sure, you're into the folklore of it too.
3: Yes, I mean the folklore comes from direct experience that people that are in tune, um, you know, do pick up. And I know when I'm removing bees in um, South Africa, as I do, I'm called upon to remove them from inaccessible places, and they get into roofs and things, and they've got to be taken away. And that's my job, to remove them. And the people, most of the people, not everybody, some people just say, get rid of these damn things, you know, I've got a baby in the house. But they don't really need to be because the you know the bees are never going to attack, but um what I find is a lot of the people actually they cry when I take the bees away they, they they and they feel a great loss and I've removed bees before from houses, and people would phone me a couple of weeks later and say you've got to come back and bring me a, another swarm of bees huh. you know a domesticated hive and put it in the bottom of the garden because the house is empty. The ho- it's not a home anymore because the, the bees are gone. Hmm. And, you know, there's quite a few people really tune into that fact. Hmm.
2: And now you were talking about um, the, how this imbalance in nature and imbalance in mankind as well um, has been affecting animals, bees, animals, and us. And what are some of the um, suggestions that you have for how we can Uh, get back in tune with nature and in tune with ourselves?
3: Okay, well, the first thing we've got to do is work on ourselves, Carol, because we've got to to pause. We've got to step back. We've got to um, look at the, the bigger question. Who are we and what are we doing here? What is this all about? And we can't just keep raping nature as we do and creating these disorders and these diseases. Because if we do relax and step back, we will automatically, within our own bodies, we will gravitate back to that part of us that is interconnected with nature. We can't live apart from nature. You know, another big error we make is to think that we can take vitamins and things like that in the form of a pill. Now, vitamin means vitamin, which means life force. Hmm. Now, you can understand, if you crunch into an apple, you can almost, uh, you know, you can hear the life force. You can right. feel the life force, as opposed to popping a pill. So we think, well, we, we've got the ingredients in there, but it's not, it's not accessible to the body. To take all these pills and um, supplements and pills is not helping you. you. You need the natural fruits and vegetables. And automatically we'll gravitate towards that as we start to just pause. And that's the key, pause. Let's stop racing head on, you know, to oblivion. Let's pause, let's stop, smell the roses as they say, but it's not just to get the smell of the rose. It's to become alive. It's to, that rose will show you what life is. That rose will remind you of the beauty, the fragrance, and how wonderful life is, which is in this moment. What we are looking for, while we go out there and try and make a million dollars, is to try and buy peace and buy happiness. But happiness, peace, is yours already right now if you can pause and stop to smell those roses. And so, you know, that's what we've got to do. That's the solution. Let's just get back in tune. Let's let go. Let's celebrate. Let's okay, but,
2: but what about, I mean, for some people, um, they're, they're scared to pause because if you pause, then all these thoughts about, you know, global warming and the disappearance of the bees and terrorism and, and all of that and high school killings and, and, and you know, all of the scary things in life um, can, can come in and, and there's, there's room for it to... Uh, you can think about these things, you know, if you're not rushing around.
3: Yes, but you see, well, look what we're doing there. As you say, we're we rushing around. We're running away from these thoughts. And if you run away from something, it pursues you. We've got to pause and look at this. Why are these high school killings there? Because of the stress of our society, because of the imbalance. You know, why can't kids just go and enjoy their school and uh, enjoy, you know, just playing with their friends? Because of this imbalance, we've got to, we've got to really pause. Th- those thoughts will then dissipate because they, they're not real. They're not necessary. And they will fall away. Because, In actual fact, every night when we go to sleep, because we let go and we go into this deeper alpha and theta and even delta state, as they call it, we quickly heal ourselves while we sleep because we're not thinking. It's our thoughts that are upsetting us, our negative thoughts. So we need to pause. We need to change those thoughts. We need to look at those thoughts. Don't be scared of them. Look at them and say, Hey, I don't need this thought. This is, you know, this is nonsense and turn it around which we this is what we teach in our seminars and what the book will illustrate to you how to turn your life around how to pause get rid of the fear nothing in this universe can be justifiably feared there's nothing to fear this is a benevolent universe nature is supportive and you know if we just relax we'll see that there is no such thing as a justifiable well we'll try and justify it but there's nothing to fear in this universe let go and celebrate life. There's nothing to fear. We don't have to race around trying to get away from that imagined fear.
2: Well, how do you get to that when um, the news, you know, you just open up a newspaper and you could find ten things to fear? How do you go from just telling yourself not to fear those things?
3: Well, it's not just telling yourself. You, you look at all those things. Sure, wherever you look, newspaper, television, there's all these frightening occurrences, so we've got to pause. We've got to take a good look at that and say, "Well, what is this?" And it's man's stupidity. If, if we have a fear, we are stupid. We are we're fearful because we've forgotten who we really are. And if you just let go, you will realize that the very things we're looking for, the very things we're striving for, and running around out there, you know, um, we've already got them. We've already got peace. Anybody now listening to this right now, if they just paused and looked around them, and they've got kids and they've got a home and they've, you know, they've got supper on the table tonight, they've got everything. Really, they have. And I know I've actually lived in the streets purposefully. I I didn't want to play society's game. I didn't get a job like everybody else, and I roamed around New York City as I'm looking right now at my window. There's New York City, and and I felt happy. You don't have to fear anything.
2: Well, that's very interesting. It's interesting to be coming back um, now with uh, a book that will help people to learn the very same things. And the book is called Only Your Thoughts Can Upset You, Learn Holistic Self-Hypnosis. And I'll give you the um, website so you can learn more about Terry Winchester and about uh, what he has to say. And it's mindframe.co.za. Again, that's mindframe, F-R-A-M-E, dot C-O dot Z-A. And, Terry, thank you very much for joining us. This is, uh, you know, our first uh, connection with bees is when we're a little kid and one lands on our finger, and, you know, usually one is when we're a child. At least we get the first bee bite, and that's how we view bees, uh, something to be frightened of. But as I hope you've learned from today's show, there's really uh, they're miracles and the way that they live together in this um, communal society where everyone sort of uh, uh, works for the good of the community and produces beautiful honey that's healing um, is something that perhaps humans should be emulating instead of killing all of them with our damn cell phones (laughs) so something to think about thank you all for listening you've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch I'm your psychiatrist host